Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Guys being dudes. What you call an icon living? Start a record label, Miss Fish just did it. Nylon, couple five minutes. Whoa, we are too hot in the business. About to make a movie independent. Need new trucks independent. I need you to listen to the vision. All your verses sound like dirty dishes. I'm about to clean them in the kitchen. And we making money by the minute. I'm about to do a way different. I am just an icon living. I am just an icon living. I I icon living. What's better than this? It's Guys Being Dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. Welcome to a Wednesday Hump Day episode of the Dudes. Hope you are ready to get into a dude mood. I'm Kyle Krabs, Director of Scouting, NDT Scouting, NFL, and NFL Draft Analyst for FanRag Sports. And we are the Draft Dudes. I say we. I am joined today by my one and only, my dog Sophie. Joe Marino is off today, co-host off today. Uh, so I am holding down the fort here on the Draft Dudes podcast, all of my lonesome. And I got something I think you guys are going to really enjoy. We're going to talk about some studs and duds. Uh, today is uh, December 27th. It is just a couple days after Christmas. We're getting around to New Year's. And I, as of today, Wednesday, December 27th, I can say that because we're recording this about 12.15 a.m. on Wednesday, uh, today, I just eclipsed 100 player profiles finished for the 2018 NFL Draft. Uh, we're rolling the dice on some guys. Uh, Saquon Barkley has not announced that he is declaring for the draft yet, but lo and behold, here he is. He's one of the guys I've done. Josh Rosen. Uh, a lot of familiar names. What we want to do today is I want to filter through this list of 100, not all of them but a good majority, and I want to break down who I've done, and then I want to take a moment 
and break down who the studs and who the duds were. Now, for duds, it might be a player that had a certain expectation that he did not live up to, or just somebody that disappointed me in some way, shape, or form. Studs, obviously guys that stood out, guys that live up to the hype, uh, guys that really popped off the screen to me. So that's something that we're going to do today. But before we do, Joe is gone but not forgotten. One of the things that we like to do here is uh, count down with special numbers uh, how close we are to the 2018 NFL Draft. And uh, today we are 119 days away from the 2018 NFL Draft, which is exciting but also petrifying, knowing how much work that we still have to do and how much ground we have to cover. Joe and I both put together draft guides every year, so this is something that uh, is quite the labor of love, and uh, as this number dwindles closer and closer to double digits, uh, just that that sensation of its go time is really settling in. I won't really get that once we get around to the Senior Bowl, too, but... uh, uh, you know, that week's all fun and games, getting to meet so many people within the industry and, and something we're really looking forward to. So today, 119 days away from the 2018 NFL Draft, and that number is significant because why? Well, back in 2014, I started doing the work that I do now, and through that work and in the time since, uh, I have now evaluated uh, 1,335 college prospects uh, as they pass over into professional football, including the 100 that I've watched this year. So it's four years of 300. Uh, first year I did 328, and then we had some expansion pack guys last year, guys that went day two that Joe and I didn't cover. I think there were five of them total. So um, 1,335 players. And I want to take advantage of a grouping of three guys that are tied for the 119th best film score that I have given out over the course of those four years. Um, Four and a half years, I suppose we could call it. Three pass rushers, all guys that have uh, had a lot of prominent success this year. Two of them as rookies. And uh, if you're not familiar with the way that I score players, I think it is Worth noting, uh, a film score is the vast majority, but it is not the final evaluation. So I'm going to say these three names, and I don't want you to automatically assume, oh man, uh, there were Kyle thinks that there were 118 guys that passed through the NFL draft over the past four and a half seasons that he thinks are better than these guys, because it's more of the snapshot of uh, what the on-the-field product is And then you factor in things like production and athletic testing and experience and and health history and so on and so forth. So these three guys, three pass rushers, uh, one of which first round pick for the Philadelphia Eagles, Derek Barnett, five sacks this year. Uh, Another one first round pick this year for the Pittsburgh Steelers, T.J. Watt, six sacks this year. And the last one was the one uh, I actually, when you factor his entire resume, I was a little bit lower on him than the other two. And that is Jacksonville Jaguars defensive end Dante Fowler Jr., who has seven and a half, is enjoying a career year this year as a pass rusher. I think it's interesting when you look at these three guys, uh, very different case studies coming out. 
Uh, Derek Barnett, you know, very widely regarded, uh, strong technician, set the Tennessee record for sacks, um, broke Reggie White's record in the process, uh, not regarded a great athlete, kind of a quote-unquote one-dimensional guy. But here he is, five sacks. It took him a, a couple weeks to really work into the rotation there in Philadelphia, but uh, he's done very well for himself the past 10 weeks or so as far as being a, a really strong piece of the pass rush rotation. And, hey, the guy scored a touchdown last weekend. So uh, he's off to a pretty nice start. Uh, T.J. Watt, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, another guy off to a really nice start. Uh, he started a little hot at the beginning of the year. He's a guy that really only had one prominent year, did not have the production background of what a Derek Barnett did. But I thought his on-the-film or on-the-field product, his film grade was tremendous. Uh, saw a lot of development upside, a lot of areas for growth, and you've seen him take some of those steps this year. And um, He's been banged up a little bit this year, but he's played on and off and, and managed to stay on the field and you know, logged interception, blocked the kick, uh, six sacks, almost 50 total tackles. So it's been a great year from him. Very different players. And then again, you go back to Dante Fowler, and I was a little lower on Fowler than I was both Watt and Barnett. Um, but still really liked him. He was in the 40s on my big board back in, in that season. And uh, Fowler has seven and a half of his career 11 and a half sacks this year. His last one was a solo sack against the Houston Texans back on uh, December 17th. Uh, Fowler, uh, you know, he was kind of the on-the-field product uh, combination of the two. He was super violent and, and powerful like Barnett, but he had more bend and tilt like Watt did. But he... As far as his hand development, I think was the furthest behind of all three guys. And it's it's a good illustration of how, especially as a pass rusher, you have to enter the league with either an elite physical trump trait, which Fowler didn't have. He had good get-off, not great get-off. He had good power, not great power. Uh, he had good bend, not great bend. But the hands... Either you have to have a, a trump trait or excellent technique. And for Fowler, it's all a bit about A, staying healthy and staying out of trouble. But then B, um, developing his skill set. So I think, you know, if you think back to a couple weeks ago, Joe and I did a show talking about nonlinear development and how players progress at different paces. Uh, this is a good example of that. Looking at these three guys who are all tied for the 119th best film score I've given out in four and a half years. Uh, all three of these guys had first-round film, um, but when you factor in their off-the-field, their injury history, their their medicals, their athletic testing, uh, these guys all scored for me uh, in the high second-round value. So they were guys that fell between, I think, 25 and like 40 on my draft boards in each respective season. That they came out. So uh, just a fun way to look back at some players that I really liked on film. Um, each one had unique question marks and seeing how those guys have played out and the promising returns that you're starting to see from all those guys. Fowler, seven and a half sacks. TJ Watt with six. Derek Barnett with five. Uh, 
a little bit of fun. Always fun to look back and kind of learn from, from the stances that you took and, and who you like and who you don't like. Um, with that said, uh, before we get into looking back at this 100 or so players that I'm going to kind of list out here, uh, for, for sake of time, I probably won't hit all 100, but I'll, I'll give you guys all the household names uh, that I've done so far. Uh, it's time to raise your glass because every Wednesday here on the Draft Dudes, we pour one out. We mourn something in the football world. Um, and I first want to have everybody raise your glass. We're going to pour one out uh, for the opportunity to see Josh Rosen play in the Cactus Bowl last night. Uh, you know, he teased us, right? He uh, he was in pads for warm-ups, full uniform, throwing the ball around. Uh, he's in the huddle. Looks like it's going to be an opportunity. Maybe, maybe he's actually going to pull this off. And we're going to get to see him, and, and he's going to talk the doctors into letting him play. And now, Josh comes back out after the warm-up period and is in street clothes and does not play. And um, Tremendous talent. I, I think he is going to be a polarizing player for the fact that uh, he doesn't have the filter that a lot of the old guard is probably going to prefer that he did. But uh, I think it's refreshing. I think it's a refreshing opportunity to get a um, somebody who's not so daunted by the size of it all that they're going to get away from who they are as an individual and, and continue to be outspoken, uh, which is something that may shut some people off from him, both in and out of the NFL even. But uh, Rosen is who he is. He's a highly intelligent young man, and I think he's got a very bright career ahead of him. Uh, but we do need to pour one out because we didn't get to see Josh Rosen play football last night, and that's why I stayed up so late, hoping that uh, hoping we get the chance to see it. Uh, the other one that I want to pour out is actually somebody uh, who is going to kick off. We're going to blend over segments here, and we're going to talk about uh, a player that really underwhelmed me. I came in with a certain level of expectation and got nowhere near it. Um, and that's Antonio Callaway, wide receiver from Florida. Uh, this is a messy off-field and a messy on-field. Callaway declared this year for the NFL draft, did not play in 2017, was busted for credit card fraud. Uh, the year before was suspended in the wintertime from the, uh, the program, had been accused of sexual assault. Uh, he had been cleared uh, it was deemed he was not in the wrong there, but that was two suspensions in two years uh, for uh, a domestic incident and a uh, credit fraud, which is uh, not the lightest thing you can get hit with as far as disciplinary actions. Um, has not played a game in about 18 months since the bowl game in 2000 and the beginning of 2017. Uh, against Iowa, so by the time he plays in the NFL, it'll be about 18 months before he's played a competitive football game. And then you put on the film. And I watched Callaway on the field, and there's a couple things that are apparent to me. One of them is, this is a really good athlete. Uh, he, he's got a lot of natural athletic tendencies, but I came away underwhelmed in two areas, one of which was his hands. Uh, this, is the, this is someone who likes to catch the ball 
with his body. He likes to trap the ball into his chest. Uh, he does not extend and greet the ball away from his frame unless he has to. And when he does, those results are mm, tempered. I, w- I would describe them as tempered, where uh, if he's got to reach back across his shoulders, um, really struggles to get the ball firmly placed in between his fingers when he catches the football. Uh, so so that results in the ball rattling around in his hands somewhat, uh, not being able to softly uh, greet the nose of the football. And then the uh, awareness, the field awareness, the football intelligence component of Callaway's game where he always wants to pop a big play to the point where his peripheral vision will miss uh, defenders that are right there, like right next to him. And he'll try and peel back away from somebody else and turn back into contact and lose yardage on the play. He does it on screen passes. He does it down the field when he catches the football. And he does it in the return game as a special teams player. So I want to give him credit for being a special teams player and being uh, dynamic with the ball in his hands. and somebody that you got to scheme for. But we got to cut the bonehead plays out where you can't take an 8-yard gain and try and make it a 50-yard gain. Uh, now, Callaway was the guy that caught uh, the, the long touchdown for Florida against Tennessee. I believe that was a 2015 game, uh, kind of where the legend was born with him. There's been some crazy games between those two schools, so it's hard to keep track of of, of uh, when and where the Hail Marys are happening. But uh, Callaway caught a big touchdown, and that, that kind of started the buzz for him. And you could see why when you get him in the open field. Once he has the ball and he turns upfield and decides to go, um, really exciting athlete. But I would call him more of an athlete than a polished technician at the receiver position. Uh, and for that reason, we're just going to pour just a little bit out for Antonio Callaway because I was expecting a stud and I got a dud. With that in mind, uh, we're going to scroll up to the top of the list here. We're going to talk a couple quarterbacks. Uh, I'm going to give you all five quarterbacks I've studied to date. Josh Allen, J.T. Barnett, Luke Falk, Baker Mayfield, and Josh Rosen. Uh, Rolling the dice here on Josh Rosen, as I said. Uh, Stud, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield. Got to give them both a shout. Uh, These guys are very close. Uh, Rosen has a slight edge right now based on the film. I fully expect Mayfield's experience as a starter. I think his productivity is going to be uh, more strong. I think those peripheral metrics are going to draw them into a very close tie. And then you're going to have tiebreakers maybe be uh, Rosen's size versus Mayfield's athleticism if one of them tests really strong in one area or the other. I mean, this, this is lit- it's literally going to be splitting hairs, but both of these guys are locked in as first-round prospects in my, my scoring process. So um, it's nice to know we're going to have some first-round QBs. I can already guarantee you they're both going to have a first-round value, not just be inside the top 32, but actually be deemed, uh, according to the, how, the way I attack a, a player evaluation, worth a first-round grade. If they both test very well across the board, we might be talking top 10 values, which uh, haven't had a lot of those. Um, th- those are pretty few and far between, and it's meant to be that way, right? Like the scoring process for anything. If you're going to get a quote-unquote perfect or nearly perfect score, like it should be hard 
to achieve that blue chip top tier status. And uh, Rosen and Mayfield will have a decent chance. If I, if you were to ask me now, I would just kind of like eyeballing their resumes and, and balancing that off of where they're at with their film scores. Uh, I don't think they'll get there, but it's going to be interesting. So it's still something to monitor. Uh, my highest QB evaluation that I've given out over the course of the past four and a half seasons, uh, final eval was Marcus Mariota back in 2015. And let's uh, raise our glasses, speaking of raising your glasses and pouring one out for Marcus Mariota for um, being in a situation where uh, the, the play calling there in Tennessee is a little frustrating. Um, you know, Terry Rabisky there, the offensive coordinator, uh, just feels like they've gotten away from from what they did so well. Uh, they're condensing their formations a whole lot more. Uh, they're they're still trying to force uh, Demarco Murray into the lead back role, and, and that ineffectiveness in the running game is kind of setting them behind, and everything kind of feeds off itself. So let's pour one out for Marcus Mariota, who's having a down year this year. Uh, was very involved in rehabbing a broken leg and hasn't looked himself. So if we look to the other end of the spectrum, um, I would classify the other three guys, Allen, Barnett, and Falk, all as duds. Uh, these are not guys that I'm going to be high on. I know all three of them have varying uh, ceilings, respectively. I don't think Barnett has much of a ceiling a passer at all. I think Luke Falk... I don't know if I would invest a draft selection on him. I, I think he's extremely uh, one-dimensional, and statistics are grossly overinflated with the Mike Leach passing offense. And I just I don't see a lot of NFL traits. Uh, Josh Allen is all traits and no polish. I'm concerned with his feel for the game. Uh, was really hoping to see this year, obviously the, the stats notwithstanding, uh, some growth and development and uh, more touch and consistency reading coverage and uh, we haven't gotten that. And that, for me, is, is has made me a little gun-shy with him, where um, his his metrics are going to prop him up as far as he's going to be a great athlete with great size and he's an experienced starter, and uh, those things will help. But the, the production's not great, and the film's not good. It's all a shot in the dark. And uh, that that's not something that, that is lending itself right now uh, very favorably to a high evaluation score for me, personally, as draft analyst. If we swing down to running backs, uh, on Kalen Balazs, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, uh, Royce Freeman, Darius Geis, Justin Jackson, Northwestern, Sonny Michelle, Rashad Penny, uh, Krim Wadley. Uh, that's kind of the bulk of the guys. There's a couple of the guys that I've also done, but I want to keep it to more household names. And uh, Saquon Barkley, obviously a stud. Darius Geis, obviously a stud. But I want to give a little bit of love to Justin Jackson out of Northwestern. He's a fun football player, really fun football player. Jackson reminds me of like James White coming out of Wisconsin, another Big Ten running back, uh, 5'10", 5'11", somewhere in there, 205, 210. Not an overly powerful guy. He doesn't have a, an especially thick build, but Jackson is a workhorse just like what White was when White was at Wisconsin. Jackson actually has, uh, I, I believe, almost 40 more receptions in his career than what White did. Now, granted, White shared time, but um, White sharing time with Melvin Gordon um, 
ultimately kept legs fresh. Justin Jackson has not had the opportunity to keep his legs fresh. He's been the guy there. Uh, but he's very good out of the backfield, just like what James White was, where they'll, they'll put him out in the slot, let him run across the middle of the field. They'll use him as a check down. They'll use him in the screen game. Uh, Northwestern forced the ball into his hands in a lot of situations, which I think is a great testament uh, to his ability to be an effective third down back and, and be part of a running back by committee. So Justin Jackson, not an every down player, but a stud based off of where his perception is nationally. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Duds. Let's talk about some duds. Royce Freeman, for me, was extremely disappointing. Now, I had the chance to go out to Arizona State and watch them play Oregon this year, and uh, Royce just, he scares me because he's extremely stiff, and he doesn't corner well, and he doesn't have a lot of great burst, and the vision is questionable between the tackles, and you put all those things together, and... I'm trying to picture what kind of system I like Royce in, and I don't know if I have one. So Royce, in spite of all the production, uh, I don't feel comfortable having him read the line of scrimmage in in, in an inside zone type system. Uh, he doesn't have the burst and cut ability to really put his foot in the ground and get north-south in an outside zone system. Uh, you can play him in gap man, but... Um, if you're asking him to do anything other than run into the hole and, and pick up whatever yardage is available, I'm not sure you're going to get a whole lot out of him. And uh, for that reason, Royce Freeman, for me, especially considering where his, his general, the, the general attitude surrounding him has been in recent years, um, was the dud of this group of guys that I've watched so far this year. Wide receivers, there's a lot of wide receivers that are really good in this class. A lot of wide receivers that uh, I still haven't even touched on yet. Some of the names, household names that I have touched on, Marcel Aitman, Oklahoma State, Antonio Callaway, who we've already discussed. He's going to be my dud of this group. Simi Cobbs, Michael Gallup, Anthony Miller of Memphis, DJ Moore from Maryland, Dante Pettis, Washington, uh, Calvin Ridley. Alabama rolling the dice that he is going to go ahead and, and make that decision to enter the NFL draft this year. Um, but we're, we're still waiting for that official confirmation. Uh, the stud of this group, there's a lot of closely knit guys. Um, there's no individual standout to this point as far as the film score. Uh, Calvin Ridley's got the highest film score of the group, but he's very closely followed by two guys that are fairly similar and this is these are two guys that we talked about uh joe and i on the monday show and that's anthony miller and dj moore uh size guys where you know maybe Cortland sutton's gonna be that guy that's like a an all-around alpha guy that because he has a size element to his game can overtake and be the true stud of the group but calvin ridley 
deserves recognition. Really polished Routry has a little bit of an issue of drops, but uh, I think he's been a much more productive receiver than than what his actual on-the-field production would dictate just because of the passing offense there in Alabama. So uh, right now, Ridley is my favorite of the group. Uh, I think he's a really good Z receiver, uh, a guy that can can get vertical, be a big play guy. He's going to force the safety to roll his way at the line of scrimmage and um, can help you dictate defensive coverages to some degree. So stud there, Calvin Ridley, dud there, Antonio Callaway, who we've already talked about. Tight end group is full. I think that's a good way to put it. There's a lot of really good tight ends in this class. Names that I have watched include Marcus Ball, Ohio State, Adam Brenneman, Troy Fumagalli, Dallas Goddard, Chris Herndon from Miami, Hayden Hurst, Jalen Samuels, and Ian Thomas. Um, I'm going to go ahead right now and tell you there is no dud in this group. Uh, These are all very likable football players. Ian Thomas, Samuels, Fumagalli and Marcus Ball, those guys were at the bottom of this group as far as when I watched them on film. But they're still like, you know, I I wouldn't blink if somebody decided to take one of these guys like late on day two or very early portion of day three. Like they're they're extremely talented and a lot of these guys can play in line and be effective in that role. So um, fun group, very fun group. I would say the stud of this group, Hayden Hurst. Uh, kind of a true flex guy, big slot, uh, contested catch, natural athlete. Uh, age is a question mark with him, but uh, he's he's very, very good. No duds, tight end group so far. Uh, Hayden Hurst is the stud of this group to date. I'm going to lump all the offensive linemen together here for sake of time. Household names I've watched include Orlando Brown, Tyrell Crosby, Jamarco Jones, Mike McGlinchey, Jaquumo Corfor, Connor Williams at offensive tackle. Uh, Tyrone Crowder, Will Hernandez, Quentin Nelson, Cody O'Connell, Scott Questenberry, uh, Braden Smith at offensive guards, uh, Brian Allen, Billy Price, and Frank Ragnall, uh, some of the household names at center. If I'm looking for a stud out of this whole group, uh, obviously I like Connor Williams. Obviously I like Chikwumu Korfor. Obviously I like Mike McGlinchey. Uh, offensive tackle class as a whole is strong, but Jamarco Jones, Ohio State, uh, Going to this West Shrine game, I'm stunned, stunned he didn't get a senior bowl invitation. Uh, I think he's very good. I think he's very, very good. I, I think this is a day one starter at the NFL level. He's got size. He can mirror you to some degree. He's got power. He's got the ability to turn you out if you want to play zone style scheme with him. Uh, universal type fit. Uh, he gets his weight over top of his toes at times, but he's got natural length to help him make up for that as well. So Jabarco Jones, a player I really, really like uh, if we're looking at a stud, somebody that uh, far exceeded my expectations. If I'm looking for a dud, I'm probably going to lean towards uh, Cody O'Connell from Washington State. Uh, actually, there's no probably here. This was a really underwhelming study as a whole. Uh, his appeal is that he's big. Uh, but with size also comes some natural limitations, which you see in a player like O'Connell, who is just so damn big that he can't bend. He's super stiff, and because he's so tall, the hips are so high, the pads are so high, uh, he can't even drop his hips and, and anchor either. So if he's absorbing uh, somebody who's explosive on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage from them, they're going to be able to collapse him. 
uh, and really just left me wanting four. I think I think this is uh, a big body. I think it's a warm body, but I think that's about it. There's not a whole lot else that excites me about O'Connell's game. Uh, so that's that's uh, a name to put a star next to. Have you guys do the homework on your own. We're also going to lump in defensive linemen together. We're going to lump linebackers and we're going to lump defensive backs. So we got three more categories to work through here, real quick. A couple household names: Lorenzo Carter, Bradley Chubb, Duke Ajayafor, Harold Landry, uh, Banyo Karanku. Don't let the Senior Bowl tell you any different. He's a, he's a defensive end. He's not a linebacker. Um, Andrew Brown, Taven Bryan, Maurice Hurst, Derek Nadi. Uh, those those are the pretty prominent names for the, for the pass rushing group and the defensive line group. Names that I like. I like Bradley Chubb a lot. I like Harold Landry a whole lot. Uh, but if I'm looking for one that, that kind of swept me off my feet and I wasn't expecting, I'm probably going to go Lorenzo Carter. Uh, Carter, my comp is Anthony Barr. And I think if you take the time to watch him, you'll see a lot of similarities as far as where he's successful and where Barr was successful at UCLA. Uh, mixing him off the ball, standing him up in the A-gaps in, in the uh, second level of the defense, uh, allowing him to get wide angles as a pass rusher and kind of crash down with his first step and speed, uh, really take a lot of growth if you go back watch 2016 tape versus 2017 tape that's really exciting now you work with chuck smith who's a pass rush specialist and coach and uh, was just absolutely tremendous with the growth that he showed so hats to chuck smith uh for what he did with lorenzo carter who who is long and lean uh but dynamic and and flexible which is something some things that move the needles uh, for a lot of fans and, and a lot of draft analysts alike. If I'm looking for a dud in this group, I was really underwhelmed with Lolo Tulele's tape. Uh, he's good at what he does, which is occupy space, keep guys busy, prevent flow uh, onto the, th- the second level and from getting uh, the, the linebackers eaten up. But I was hoping to see a little bit more of the lateral ability, a little bit more of the uh, side-to-side and and influence outside of just the gap on either side of him. And he's not overly imaginative as a pass rusher. He's not overly speed-to-power as a pass rusher. So he doesn't really offer you much of anything from a pass rush perspective and as a true two down guy that's not something that I can I can really get excited about on uh the early portions of day 2 you know he's he's not overly long he's not a true two gap as much as he is just a complete space eater so so that was something that left me wanting a little more linebacker group uh Jack Sitchi, Sean Dion Hamilton, Malik Jefferson, Josie Jewell, Junior Joseph, Micah Kaiser Sky Moore, T. Gray Scales, Indiana, Roquan Smith, Leighton Vander Esch took the time to, to study as well. Uh, those are, are some of my personal favorites mixed with national household names. Uh, name that underwhelmed Josie Jewell. Thought he was a dud. I don't know if Josie Jewell has the baseline level of athleticism to play at the NFL level. Very sharp between the ears. Uh, 
but you put them out in space and it's a problem. It's very, very hard to see him turning and running with guys, uh, having the range to play out into the boundary at linebacker. Josie Jewell, in spite of all his production, um, you know, name that comes to mind, they're, they're very different players. They were very different in the way they played the game. But uh, Scooby Wright was a terrific college player, highly productive college football player uh, that never really materialized as an NFL player. Uh, that's kind of the same light I view Josie Jewell in at this point where uh, it's he just doesn't do it for me. You know, I, I don't think he has what's needed to play at a competitive level. Uh, but if I'm looking for a stud, if I want to make this uh, kind of a cheery conversation here before we move on to defensive backs, let's talk about Roquan Smith. Uh, Roquan Smith is the highest film score I've given out for the group. Uh, Roquan reminds me a lot of Eric Kendricks when he was coming out of UCLA. Uh, a lot of people take for granted how good of an athlete Kendricks was running uh, low four sixes with a vertical of 38 inches. Uh, very, very strong testing athlete. And he did that in the 230s. Uh, I would expect Roquan to uh, be in that ballpark. I don't necessarily know if he's going to vertical jump 38 inches. I don't know if he's going to touch 462 either. But he may come in a little heavier than what, what Kendricks did. I expect him to show favorably as an athlete. Because the, the pacing's there, the urgency's there. Uh, very likable as far as uh, what he brings to the table from an athletic skill set and pairing that with his physicality, his ability to hit, and his confidence in reading his keys. Uh, the defensive backfield is actually a, a very small number of watches relative to the rest of the uh, positions that we've done. Uh, I do have some household names. Jair Alexander. Uh, Isaiah Oliver at the cornerback position, Rashard Fant from Indiana, Jordan Thomas from Oklahoma, uh, safeties Deshaun Elliott, Minka Fitzpatrick, Derwin James. I mean, those are guys that are all first-round conversation from the safety group, that trio. There is no dud out of that trio of safeties. Deshaun Elliott, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Derwin James, all very strong uh, first-round film grades as far as the film that they have. Minka's the only one that I feel really good about playing in man-to-man coverage. But as far as being actual safeties, yeah, those, those are really strong guys. Um, if I'm looking for a dud defensive back-wise, Rashard Fant, Indiana, was a player that was extremely productive with the football. I think he entered this, this season with the most combined interceptions and passes defense of any defensive back in the country. Uh, but when you watched him, especially this year, extremely handsy. He did not trust his technique a lot. He had a lot of defensive penalties called against him, defensive holding or pass interference. Um, And that's scary because he's a lighter, shorter, undersized guy. And now you throw that into the mix where he doesn't trust his feet for some reason right now, uh, that's going to have to be addressed. And for that reason, he was the dud of this defensive back group. Listen, guys, I hope you liked Studs and Duds. I hope it was nice for you guys to kind of get up to speed with with some of the names that we talked about, uh, names that you will hear throughout the course of the entire winter and the spring as we get closer and closer to the 2018 NFL Draft. 
Uh, as I said, I've done over 100 film profiles so far. The end number is 300. Uh, so that number will continue to grow. Uh, my goal is to be as close to 175 before the Senior Bowl. Uh, the holidays have a nasty habit. Originally wanted 200, but uh, beggars can't be choosers. I'm well ahead of schedule from last year, so really looking forward to getting that film work done so I can keep digging for players under the radar. And uh, I, I can really be make the most of the time that we have uh, in the, the major buildup uh, end of March after the Combine, early April, interact with you guys as much as possible and uh, not feel like I got my nose in my laptop as I'm watching film. So uh, with that in mind, I'd like to thank you guys for carving time out of your day. Uh, if you have any questions for me, any guys that you've watched that you think is a stutter, uh, don't be afraid to reach out to me. I am on Twitter at NDT Scouting. Uh, you can also swing over to NDTScouting.com, FanRagSports.com. Uh, I got a, a column four days a week up at uh, FanRag Sports. I try and make sure either myself or the team is getting fresh content up every single day at NDTScouting.com. So lots to look forward to, lots of places to find our information. All you got to do is look, click, subscribe, follow along with Draft Foods every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, make NDT Scouting your homepage for the draft season. I don't know. There's a lot of things you guys can do. I'll leave that up to you. I'm Kyle Krabs. This is the Draft Dudes Podcast. We'll catch up with you on Friday for the last Draft Dudes Podcast of 2017. Suit up. Mission Impossible Fallout is 95% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It's one of the best action movies ever made. Showtime. Rolling Stone calls it off the charts spectacular. What is he doing? I find it best not to look. A thrillingly clever story filled with twists and turns. Target Ethan Hunt. We should be dead. Why aren't we? With an ending that will blow you away. We're out. In. Tom Cruise. Mission Impossible Fallout. Now playing. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.